0: I'm Renee Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. Make sure that you like and subscribe to our weekly sermons so that you don't miss what is happening here at Bethel Austin. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. And most of all, we pray that you would have an encounter with the living God today.
1: <laughs> I cannot believe it's October. And this is our heart for the house month. We're launching it this weekend. And so I get the amazing honor and privilege to interview our senior pastors, Joaquin and Renee Evans. I've got some amazing questions. Some of you have submitted some questions. Hopefully we'll get to some of those fun ones. But we really want you to get to know our leaders, get to know the heart for the house, where we've been, where we're going, those numbers that Jahi was sharing. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. 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 Yes, so amazing what God has done and what he is going to do. So I know Joaquin started before uh, Jahi shared kind of what heart for the house is, but I'd love to give Renee an opportunity to also kind of speak into that.
0: When I was born again, I went to a church that also did Heart for the House. And so it was just a regular practice that we did every single year where we would gather and believe together for the expansion of the kingdom of God. And we would come, we would be praying all year about our offering, and what we could bring to sow into the Heart for the House offering and just see what God would do with the finances that came in above and beyond the tithe. And I tell you, the tithe is what makes this place run. It's it's what pays the bills. <laughs> it's what pays the mortgage. It's what pays the, the staff. Um, but the offering that comes in above and beyond that is what expands the kingdom and what really helps us take the vision to the next um, level. And so we're just excited. We have a lot of dreams. We have a lot of vision, not just us, but our team Um And so we're excited to see what God wants to do and what he can do when we come together and just say, we're all in. Like, we're all in. It belongs to him anyway, right? Like, let's see what God can do with our faithful seed. And so I'm excited because it's, for me personally, it's, I have such a passion and a heart for the local church. And I believe that it is the key to sustained revival. Um, is, is a healthy family called the local church. And God is coming back for a beautiful, glorious bride. Amen. And so I'm just excited to see what God can do with my offering. And, and it's an opportunity for me to show my heart for His house. And so I'm, I'm really excited about it.
2: So good. Yeah, I would just, I would like to invite you guys to join uh, with us in just praying into this offering. Obviously, we're we're talking about the, the vision for the house all month, but on uh, the 22nd and 23rd, be praying in, because how many people believe that what God breathes on multiplies? And I really, I've seen it before, I've seen it in the past, but God can take, when it's in faith and in partnership, God can take your authority. Your offering and you drop a $300 check in the offering and what gets pulled out is a $30,000 check. Like God... God can do that. He will he will take the seed of faith and he will breathe on it and he will multiply it. We've seen him do it over and over again. I've seen the, the most beautiful offerings sometimes in places like Africa and other places, but they don't have much. People putting shoelaces in the offering. Because yeah. it's all they have to give, but it's a faith seed. Yeah. How many people know God's way more concerned about the, the offering of the heart than the dollar amount? Yeah. But we just pray with us that God breathes on this so that what you just heard of and what you're going to hear all month long, the next four years is tenfold what, what we just heard. So come on, thank you for partnering with us. So good.
1: Okay. Well, let's get to know these two. So you heard a little bit of an accent from, yeah, from yeah. well, from me too. So uh. Renee, what's your nationality? Where are you from?
0: Not South Africa. (laughs) (laughs) I am from Australia. (laughs) Sydney, Australia. Um, Yeah, so I just have to say something. My voice, I feel like I'm trying to keep it, but I feel like I'm losing my voice a little bit. We had over 100 women this past weekend at a women's retreat. And can I just say, it was incredible. And I wanted to say thank you real quick to those women who came. But I want to say thank you to the husbands of those women that made it possible for them to come, who watched the kids and let your ladies get away and just rest and get refreshed. Sorry, I had to get that in somewhere, so I just wanted to do it before I got started. Great. I'm Australian.
1: Australian. Okay, Joaquin, what about your nationality? Where are you from? What's your background?
2: (laughs) Uh, My nationality, my dad is black and my mom is half Greek and half Italian. And they're here. Can you guys stand up? Mom and dad, can you stand up? This is my my parents right here, amazing, just a mom and pop to so, so many people, and literally we would not be here if it wasn't for them. That's right, literally,
1: that is a a literal, that's so good, so beautiful. Well, I'd love to just hear quickly about your testimonies, about how you came to the Lord, because I know you both have some really powerful testimonies, so. Renee, why don't you start? Okay. We'll switch
0: it up today. To okay. Um, I I left, um, I moved to England when I was 19 years old. Um, it's very common for Australians to just kind of go and travel the world. And so uh, I did that at 19. I went to travel around Europe and use England as my home base. And I remember I was there. I was very much living in the world of... Um, partying, i just say I was like partying my way around Europe. I did not know the Lord. And I'd grown up in a Baptist church uh, with my mom and my grandparents. But when I became a teenager, early teenager, I was just like, God wasn't really real to me. And so I, I ended up leaving uh, the church and religion and yes, doing, running as far and as fast as I could away from it and doing a pretty good job at it. And so when I was in England, my grandfather got sick And he, um, I remember one night I was in my room. I was going to bed. It was like three o'clock in the morning and the Lord, I was asleep and the Lord woke me up. And he was like, I didn't know it was the Lord. (laughs) I was like, what is this strange voice? He said, go and call your grandpa. And I tried to ignore it for a couple of times. So three times I heard the voice say, go and call your grandpa. And so I got up, I went and called my grandfather. He was in an assisted living um, facility. And I spoke to him and I just was like, I don't have anything to say. I just love you. I just want to tell you I love you. And, um, and then I woke up the next morning and my mom called me to say that he'd passed away. And so I was one of the last people to, to speak to him. And he made such a profound impact on my life. Like my grandparents were just faithful. Like I know today that I'm in the kingdom of God because of a praying grandma and grandpa. Amen. I feel like there's so many people that can say that. Amen. Um, and so I went home to, for his funeral and uh, I, we were at the grave site um, at the burial. And I, I looked at the, the gravestone next to my grandfather's grave. And it said, nothing to the grave I bring, only to thy cross I cling. And I just had this like overwhelming feeling, like this encounter with the Lord of just like everything I've been chasing. None of it means anything if I don't have salvation, if I don't have eternal life with Jesus. And so... The next day I stayed the night with my grandma and it was just her and I. And then the next morning she, at her kitchen table, she led me to the Lord. She asked me if I knew Jesus and yeah, and she led me to the Lord. And she said, she said, if it took your grandpa dying for you to receive salvation, then it was worth it. This was her husband of over 65 years. And so for me, I was like, oh, you know, now as a believer, I understand, you know, but she began to teach me that all of heaven rejoices when one sinner repents. And um, yeah, and so it was beautiful. And it's, yeah, it was, it was a little rocky. I'll just be honest, getting started. Like it took me, even after that, a couple of years for me. I, I then got planted in a local church once I returned from England. And I was, it was honestly serving at a local church with one foot in the church and one foot in the world that just made me be like, I just got this conviction from the Lord. And I was like, I'm all in. And I put both my feet in and I've never looked back. So, yep.
1: So Joaquin, I know your story's a little different. So let's hear your story.
2: (laughs) Yeah, our story um, in a way kind of starts with our associate pastor, Eddie Tate. Um, Eddie worked for, uh, worked for, my dad in Southern California way back. So we've known Eddie for thirty years. And uh this was pre-Jesus for all of us. And uh but Eddie got born again first, had a radical encounter, and uh it's his own testimony that's worth worth hearing uh sometime, but he got radically born again before that uh Eddie and I had become best friends and we were similar in the sense that we were partying and we were trying to make a global impact just for the wrong kingdom. And um, <laughs> and uh, we, were, we were doing a decent job at it. Uh, but Eddie got, got born again first and he moved up to Northern California and um, he would call every so often and just touch base, but he would share testimonies of basically this newfound life. And and because we were so close, I, I knew him so well, I trusted him, I couldn't just brush it off as some, you know, some strange person. Um, and and so it, it really, that seed got in there and uh, and piqued my interest, and same for my brother. He was doing the same with Jahi, and uh, and so he invited us finally to come visit him where he was living in Northern California, and uh, we didn't know that he... The, David Hogan was guest speaking at the church the weekend he invited us to come uh, visit. So I could tell from the response, not enough of you know who David Hogan is, but he's the, one of the craziest uh, Christians alive on the planet. You got Heidi Baker and David Hogan, like, and uh, so he's he, we're in the service, Jahi and I, he's talking about uh, seeing people raised from the dead, limbs growing back on people, I mean, just the craziest stories you could think of, and I remember thinking to myself as he's preaching, "Why didn't anybody ever tell me Christianity could be like this?" And um, and it feels like he's preaching directly to me. Jahi would say the same thing; he felt the same way. And he ends his message, and Jahi and I look at each other. I don't. We didn't say anything. We just look at each other, and both stand up spontaneously. And uh, we're like, what do we do? And we we push out into the aisle and we run down to the front, and uh, and I tell people David Hogan is like a drill sergeant for Jesus, and uh, and he's like six foot two or but he's big beard and he's like, what do you want? And we're like, <laughs> Jesus and. So he stops and prays with us and leads us to the Lord. And then he does an altar call and like 70, 80, more people come down and they all get born again. And uh, that was that was the start. And uh, we haven't looked back since. So
1: so powerful. And both of you were in your early 20s, right? Yes.
2: That was, early 20s yeah. when this
1: is happening. So yeah. I just want to encourage all of you who are praying for your children, for your grandchildren, prayer is powerful and it works. <laughs> and keep contending. I'm and right there with you. And is
0: too far Come for on. the hand of God to reach them.
1: <laughs> yes. We are living proof. <laughs> Amen. Amen.
0: Well, I'd love to know how you two met, because obviously there's a story there. <laughs> well.
2: This is my favorite story.
0: <laughs> I will tell you my first impressions and then he can tell you how we met. Okay. <laughs> It's such a funny story. Um, I mentioned I came from a Baptist background. And so um, I had gotten into, you know, this new uh, stream, if you will, of um, hearing about the supernatural and hearing about God still speaking and doing things and, you know, moving and I'd been listening to Bill Johnson and to Chris and some other people. And so I, I'd been hearing on podcasts all about this, right? But going and being in a place and hearing about a place is different. And so I, um, I as a little bit cynical. I, I'd lost some, some men in my family to cancer. And, and Bill Johnson said in his book, you know, we're going after a cancer-free zone. And I was like, um, I don't know what that is, but I'm, I'm there, I, I need to be there. And so I wanted to see it, to believe it. So I went and enrolled for BSSM. And in our first year school of ministry, they usually bring Georgian Banoff in. Do you guys know who Georgian is? Yeah, wild man with a fiddle. Um, <clears throat> and his, his job, his commission to the first year, from the leadership to the first year students, is to break off the religious spirit. And I had plenty of that. And I, I mean, I did, I walked in and unfortunately Georgian couldn't be there that year. He had a confliction with his schedule. And so they asked Joaquin to do it. And so Joaquin came in. Y'all, I was so offended. I, I am sitting there like, is this a joke? Like. Is this, is this Bible college? Like what? Where is the three point sermon? Where is like, and he's up there laughing and just releasing heaven. And then the people all around the room, like the spirit of God just began to move. And again, I'd never really seen it and experienced it and been in it. I'd been a really good judge of it, um, but I'd never really been in it myself. And... um and I was like, what is happening? Like, and I do, like one point, he, I think he fell over. Um,
2: Probably and I so. Like,
0: this is crazy. What did I get myself into? And I, I turned to my, my best friend who was sitting on the front row with me. And I was like, could you ever imagine taking a man like that home to meet your dad? <laughs> and God has a sense of humor. Because two years later, I took him home to meet my dad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you want to tell us how you actually met? That was a, thankfully, first impressions are not always the ultimate impression, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so tell us how you met.
2: Yeah, well, two years later, we went home and, uh, and he said yes. So And uh, he actually likes me, so yes. it's all good. Um, but we actually met the first time. It was uh, it was almost two years after um, after that first impression when we actually met. So I was leading the healing rooms at that time, and she came in to volunteer. And I actually remember when she walked in the door. You know, we were. It was before we started, so we were circled up with the teams or whatever, and we were praying, but she walked in the door, and, and this, this doesn't happen all the time, uh, but she walked in, and I saw her walk in, and over her head, I saw a vision of her sitting on Father God's lap. And I said, oh, wow, I don't know who that is, but she's obviously really comfortable being a daughter of the king. And, uh, and I thought to myself, that is really attractive, and she is really attractive. I think I should get to know her. <laughs> and, so, and so I think the third time she came into the healing rooms, I asked her out and the rest is history. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> and y'all have been married 11 years. 11 years. You have June. three children. Yes. Yes. So. Nine, eight, and five. Nine, eight, and five. Yes. So, aren't they fun? <laughs> Are you enjoying this? Me too. Well, let's shift gears a little bit. I know a few weeks ago, um, God put on your heart just a prophetic act to kind of release over the city. And I know we have a slide for it, so we're going to put that up. But I'd love for you to kind of explain kind of what was going on and what the heart of this was and the execution of what we did.
2: Sure. Yes, <clears throat> Really fun. A couple weeks ago, I was praying for us as a as a church, as a house. Um, Obviously, we moved into this amazing building uh, in November. Uh, We were actually first uh, slotted to move in 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 May, Uh, but you know, building a building in COVID and post COVID, uh, there was a six month delay in getting in, and so um, that caused us to, to to. need to borrow some money from Redding, from Bethel and Redding, to make up for that that gap. And uh, we came with quite a bunch of money, um, got, you know, uh, tenant improvement dollars from the landlords, but had some loans with this. And we've done a whole, you know, building campaign and broken all that down. Uh, And we've, we have paid Redding back in in full. Uh, We just, we just finished paying them off. So that's awesome. And, uh, and so, you know, we're, we're focusing on, we got, we have a bank loan. The first one is coming due in May. And, uh, you know, it, it's part of the plan and all that, but, you know, just the reality of, of life and, and running an organization, building, building. So I'm praying into this in particular and asking God to show up and do more than we could ask, think, or imagine, and just for a great breakthrough and, and praying for heart for the house and, and all of that. And I hear this statement that I've heard many times before, but the Lord reminds me of this statement that generosity breaks the spirit of poverty. And when He first said that, I, I thought to myself, "Oh, God is asking us to sow a, uh, a financial seed of faith," and uh, which we've done many times. You heard, you know, some of those from Jahi a few minutes ago. And I'm happy to do that. Uh, but we're in a season of, you know, in the natural, it's like, we need every, every penny. Uh, you know, we want to get these loans paid off as soon as possible. That's just good stewardship and, and all that. And, um, but if God's saying, give a, a face seed, we do it every time. He says it. So I'm like, okay, God, are you asking us to give a faith seed? And that, but God then says, uh, money isn't the only currency of generosity, and when he said that, I saw a picture of us uh, delivering prophetic encouragement to churches all over the city, partnering with God in that action to break a, a spirit of poverty over the whole city. And... Uh, And in that, I saw these words, these prophetic words that had been prayed over, and I saw them uh, wrapped up in like scrolls, but they were delivered in a gift basket. So the word was the gift, but it was hosted in this basket of other things. So uh, that's what we did. Uh, The last two weeks or so, we had our whole leadership team gather, and we prayed. uh, First, our teams prayed and got these amazing prophetic words for these churches, And then our teams put together these gift baskets, prayed all over them. Uh, We chose 25 churches that were spread all over the city of Austin. And we hand-delivered. We did a a prayer morning where our teams prayed and just spread out all over the city, prayer driving. We hand-delivered these prophetic words. And, the, and these gift boxes to to churches, and the response has been incredible. Most all of the churches have responded either with a phone call, text message, email, handwritten letter in re- response. Um, one church, Elizabeth delivered a box, and the secretary got healed of sciatic nerve pain. And uh, other, other teams receiving these gift boxes are crying just at the impact of the Lord. Um, multiple churches have mentioned how spot on the words were uh, for further church and their season. One church I know in particular um, uh, read it out to their congregation that Sunday morning because they were so impacted by it. So just um, partnering to see a, a spirit of poverty broken over our city and the generosity of heaven can flow. So,
1: oh, so beautiful. Yes, so powerful. I love the unity in the city. I got to personally deliver a box and I got to deliver it to Southwest Bible Church and I walked in and the pastor met me and I got to pray with him and he said, "Would you come into our sanctuary?" and he opened the door and took me in and he said, "Would you just release a blessing over this house?" Wow. I mean, I'm sitting there just like, whoa, God, you are up to something in our city. And I'm so excited to be a part of that. So, really beautiful.
2: I'd also add that we chose... Uh, all churches, different denominations, not all spirit feel Like, we believe, if if a church believes that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to the Father through through except through Him, that they are our partners in the Lord for the harvest of the kingdom. And uh, so we intentionally sowed into all different uh, styles and denominations of church, because it's only all together that we fully represent Jesus to the world. Beautiful. So,
1: Love the body of Christ. Okay, so we've been talking about all that we've done in the last four years. So let's just take a look back. I know we've got a slide that we're going to put up of some of the things that we have done over the last four years. We've started ministries. We have our own building, guys. I mean, this is huge. I don't know if we really fully understand how amazing this building is for us. And we're able to do all of these things Renee mentioned a women's retreat that we just came off of. Come on, ladies. Let's see all the hands in the air of the women that were there. Yes, so much fun. But I'd love for you all to tell us, what are maybe a couple of your highlights um, of the past four years, of some of the things that we've done? Maybe it's on the screen, maybe it's not, but I'd love to hear
0: from both of you. Oh, gosh. All of it, really. I would say a couple— Obviously, Stacy mentioned it, but this building, um, it was a labor of love. <laughs> Getting this building, Shane can testify, and the and yes. whole team can. Um, but just, just the kindness and the goodness of God that He would provide this place for us um, still blows me away. So I, I just, I love that. Um, and I think it's not up there, but I'm most proud of the team's that we have here at Bethel Austin, our volunteer teams. Um, I'm just blown away. Every single service and even people who are serving in youth and young adults and the worship team and all these different areas of our church, guys, it takes a lot of volunteers to make this place run. And I'm just so thankful for them. I'm so thankful for a group of people that are like, I'm all in. I'm all in to build the local church, to build the kingdom of God, and they sacrifice their time. And um, I say this all the time, but the local church is not built on the gifts and talents of a few, but the sacrifices of many. And we have a lot of people in this room and in this home that sacrifice a lot to build this church and to make this happen. And they're just the more I get to hear each of their stories and get to know them, just the more I'm impressed and the more thankful I am of the caliber of people that God has brought into our house to help make this happen. And I'm just, that's, that's what I'm most proud of is our teams. So.
2: Come on. So good. You know, I would echo that, the the fact that we've been able to com- accomplish what we've accomplished and what all that Jahi shared, um, over the the last four years, being such a unique uh, last four years, you know, we we launched in September of 18, and then uh, you know the pandemic hit in early 2020. So we were just over a year a year old, um, you know. So we go from church plant to the to the pandemic to building this this building, which we were able to accomplish that, and all of that stuff. In that window of time, um, that's, I'm incredibly proud of. And that's not just us as a team. That's us as a house who are able to do that. It's amazing. It, all Obviously, all of them I love. But if I was going to pick one that really just warms my heart, it's the single mom's ministry. It's just so, I just, oh, it's amazing. We have a, a group that just, uh, they, they, Minister host hosts single moms so well so they provide things like they they do uh, fancy uh, catered meals for them sometimes they do they take them out and get them pampered and do manicures and and uh, all this stuff for them and provide child care for them while these are happening. and just love on them and and provide practical support for them we were able as a as a team to to buy a used car for a single mom who who needed that and uh, just the the ability to support that group just really, and, uh, yeah, and Evans leads that, and she's incredible, and uh, so, yeah, I love that ministry, and obviously we sow into, um, you know, foster care uh, here in the, in the city and anti-sex trafficking, but, yeah, that single mom's ministry I just love, so.
1: So good. So that's looking back. Now let's look forward because these two don't lack vision. (laughs) Let me tell you, I've never seen two people so full of the heart of God, but also vision to reach Austin and the nations. And so let's look forward. I mean, start a school of ministry. Wow. I mean... Campus movements, maybe a second campus here in Austin, a school, I mean, you name it. A women's rescue shelter, lots of amazing things up there. So why don't you tell us, what are some of the things, dreams inside of you that you're really excited about?
0: Yes. ah, oh, gosh, all of them. Um, Again, <laughs> sorry. I know that's a generic answer, but it's really how I feel. Um, I'm excited for more campuses. Um. I'm not excited for the work that that's going to (laughs) do. I'm just going to be honest. But I'm excited for the opportunity. We have people that drive hours to get here. And just to be able to create places for them to um, not have to drive so far and for them to find community where they're planted in their home um, is exciting. I'm really excited about Spanish worship nights. I just like have this feeling that the fire that is generated in those nights is just going to seep over into our community and just birth like something electric that God is doing in our midst. And so I'm really excited about that. I'm I'm excited about to start a school of ministry. Um, and, you know, the women's rescue shelter, I'll be honest, for us, that was a, we met with some of the city leaders before, um, or maybe it was our first year of planting and we were like, what's the greatest need that you see in Austin? And, and they were like, a women's rescue shelter. And so for us, that's, that's actually not our personal dream. That's the dream of city leaders. Um, and so we want to adopt that as our dream to honor the city and to help provide practical needs for the city. And so I'm excited for that, for, um, for us being able to serve the city well. Yeah.
2: yeah. So good.
0: What about you, Joaquin?
2: Oh, awesome! Um, I'm excited for uh, for missions trips. You know, to get back in into the nation. Obviously, we've been sowing, we've been supporting. There's some teams, but that, uh, but the you know, post pandemic, really getting our people uh, on the field because something beautiful happens when you go under the assignment of the Lord. Uh, to bring the good news. Increase comes to you uh, as an individual and as a team, but then you get to bring that increase home as well. So uh, there's something beautiful that happens. I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm excited. Our our team is starting to record uh, their own worship songs and um, working um, working towards, you know, albums. And so uh, we're not trying to rush that process. We want it to really just be done well and, uh, dripping with heaven, but I'm excited for the, the, the day that, that our first album comes out and, and beyond that. Um, so yeah, so much, uh, good stuff. And another one, where'd where it go? I have to look at my phone. I can't see the screen. Um, I'm really excited for gathering on a on a more regular basis our entrepreneurs and business leaders and really um sewing into them and them sewing into each other and there's something that happens. Where, uh, iron sharpens iron and dreams grow bigger dreams and this incubating when you get these kingdom individuals who have a desire to see uh, heaven invade uh the, you know the spheres of society and invade business and bring influence in those realms what is possible so uh now we're through the building project we're really going to be focusing on that so i'm really i'm really excited i mean when that starts happening austin is going to take notice and there's going to be great impact. So, really excited for that, uh, along with everything up there on the screen and, and more. But, yes. Yes,
1: so good. I'm excited for all of those as well. And just to see God move, not only through the team, but through all of you, because you get to be a part of all of that. And so, dream with us, pray with us, pray into these things, lend your strength into seeing this come to pass. Okay, so let's shift gears a bit. Um, This house has 13 core values. Many of you who went through the Elements class early on um, heard about those. We have a Kingdom Culture book that's for sale in our bookstore by Dan Fairley, the senior leader at Bethel Reading. It is a fabulous book if you haven't read it. It's more of a workbook and it kind of goes through all of the core values. But I would love to ask you to what is your favorite? Is can, can you pick a favorite? Is there a favorite core value? Well, I told Susie last night
0: I, I want to. I mean, I obviously love them all. <laughs> the core values of this house, and not just of this house, but like us personally, like they're the convictions that we hold. But I mean, one of my favorites is hope in a glorious bride. I I just love the local church. I I believe I'm I'm called cool to the local church. It's what I'm going to give my life for. Is to see a healthy, beautiful bride uh, that we can present to Jesus when He comes back um, so that He gets His full reward. And so I'm, I'm, I love the hope in a glorious bride. It's just, and there is hope because we win. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think in this day and age, we can get a little bit like caught up in the swirl and we forget that the end of the story is we win. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus wins. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, that one, but I think for me personally, like God is good. That's, that's the core value. That's the conviction of my heart. It's, um, it's what I honestly stand on some days when I've got nothing else to stand on it's just this promise, this conviction that God is good. He's a good, good father. And, you know, we all go through the craziness of life. We all get hit in some ways or another with trials or grief and pain, um, and it makes a difference what we believe about the nature of God in those moments. And if we can just hold true to that reality and that truth that He is a good, good dad, then it changes everything. It changes everything. And so that's my, that's my personal favorite and my deepest conviction is that He is a good God.
1: Yeah. Wait a minute before you say it. Can anyone just guess... What you think might be Joaquin's favorite core value. Just we shout it out. We should have had them listed. We should have. Yeah, we should have had them listed. Yeah. Okay, let me go over them. God is good. Salvation creates identity. Responsive to grace. Focused on His presence. <laughs> That's a <laughs> <laughs> Creating healthy families. God's Word transforms. God's still speaking. This is, imp- I mean glasses on, guys. This is a miracle that I can read these. Jesus empowers supernatural ministry. His kingdom is advancing, free and responsible. Honor affirms value. That's one of my favorites. Hope in a glorious church and generous like my father. There's all 13 of them, but I kind of gave it away.
2: Go for it. (laughs) So good. Yes, drum roll. Focus on his presence (laughs) (laughs) is my favorite obviously they all are this so central to us Uh, they are our core values as a house and uh, you mentioned Dan Fairley's book but I I love there's a section in the book uh, it breaks down the core values the the biblical principle the core values but there's a section that says this is what we're saying about each core value and a section that says this is what we're not saying just to clear up any you know, understanding, a misunderstanding or anything like that. So it's, if you really want to know what makes us tick as a house, what makes us us, like, I would really recommend getting that book and and reading that book. So Kingdom Culture. Um, Yeah, focus on his presence. It's it's my favorite essential because his presence is him. And I mean, we love Jesus, right? It's why we're here. It's why we're gathered. He's the one who saved our soul. He's the lover of our life. And His presence is not a, a side attribute, and it's not a side effect. It actually is Him. It's the one that we, that saved our our souls. It's the one that we read about in our Bibles every day. It's the one that we pray to. It's it's literally Him. Coming and sharing his presence with us. It's the it's the creator interacting with the created. It's it's the goodness of the father being made manifest in our presence in in our midst. And I believe as we really, as the bride, as we shift and we allow ourselves to give the full honor and adoration and awe to his presence, it is really due because it's him stepping into the room that we're in, then all of the miraculous, all of the breakthroughs, all the things that we're longing for and desiring for begin to happen in his presence when we can honor and adore him um, properly. So yes, I love that one.
0: (laughs) I I just want to add something real quick. I, I remember having a conversation with the Lord as we were beginning to dream into having this church and, you know, still being based back in Redding, California and just feeling led to plant and to plant here. And I remember talking to the Lord, I'm like, I'm so excited to like co-lead because I'm so excited for a body to see a family represented, that it's not just a father, but it's a mother represented as well. And um, I love, I love co-leading and I love co-pastoring. With Joaquin, but I remember the Lord said, "Brunei, whenever there's a decision that you guys cannot agree on, you need to defer to Joaquin." And I'm like, "Are you trying to teach me like submission or something?" Like, (laughs) and he said, he said so clearly to me. He was like, "No, it's because he is always focused on my presence, and that will be." that will be what drives his decisions. So when I'm over here looking for like, oh, but this will make these people happy. This will stop these people from complaining. This, you know, like, and I'm trying to like, you know, work out all of, this This just sounds like a better business plan. Like, he's like, no, 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 no. Like defer to Joaquin because he's always got my presence as the number one priority. Um, And so (laughs) that's just a personal... It's true. I mean he's he says that's his favorite, but I just I just brag on him for a second. Like it's how he lives his life and it's yeah. I believe why we get to see Jesus do what he does in our midst is because that's our focus, is is his presence. And so yeah.
2: Yeah. Get me kind of messed up oh. over here. <laughs>
0: you, you can just be messed up. <laughs>
1: I agree. I so agree. And that has been the draw, I mean, of Shane and I, I mean when we saw just his heart after God, I was like, yeah, we're all in. We're all in. And I think many of you are the same way. You're like, it's all Jesus, right? It's just all Jesus. And we will pause at any time and make space for for the main thing cuz he is the main thing. And when our pastor starts doing this, <laughs> I just say open up your hearts and let the king of glory come on in. Amen. And
0: come on in. And, come and it's easier in. said than done. Like when you're in a meeting and you're like, got stuff to get done. I'm like that, like, let's get it done. I'm that's that's me. And he's like, let's just take a moment and drink from the presence of God. And I'm like, I don't have time. <laughs> we gotta get stuff done. But then the Lord's like, Renee remember and I'm like okay and so I, I I love that our team um our team does that so naturally in and of their own selves but we're if led you could in only a be way. a part of some of our team meetings
1: <laughs> I come in sometimes and they're literally rolling people out in chairs <laughs> God
0: can get done more That's right. when we're in the presence of God yes. than we can do in and of our own strength and so, Amen. Uh, oh, goodness. Oh, goodness.
2: Can, can you come up on the guitar just to get ready?
1: Just to get ready? <laughs>
2: uh,
1: oh, goodness. Well, I have a few user submitted questions that I, I you know, we're going to keep this uh, going here. Member, member submitted questions. (laughs) We did this last night. And one thing I love about these two is not only do they love the presence of God and just pursue Jesus with everything, they also love to have fun (laughs) and they play hard. Maybe this is a good time to ask this question. You may change his mind. I may change his mind right now. So, uh, Joaquin, we were a little disappointed last night. Especially the member who submitted the question to hear that unlike Renee, you're not a Dallas Cowboys fan yet. (laughs) But many people do want to know, who's your team?
2: (laughs) Well, my dad is from Washington D.C., grew up there. So um, <clears throat> I grew up a a uh, well, Washington uh, football team. What's their new name? <laughs> I'm uh, the, the that team. That I'm team. A, so I I the am Manders. generationally opposed to the Cowboys. <laughs>
1: Generationally. You know, there's still hope. There's still hope. You've
0: been in Texas five years. Yes. <laughs> I am a woman of faith. <laughs> we are going to a UT game, our first ever UT game on, in November. And... So maybe we'll get him with UT. I've, maybe he may not be a I've Dallas Cowboys, a fan. he might be Come a on. UT fan. So Maybe.
1: <laughs> uh.
0: Oh, goodness. I, uh... We've got a few more minutes,
1: <laughs> and I want to ask one more member-submitted question. So um, we'll start with Renee, Joaquin, since you're okay. there. <laughs> <laughs> Renee, what three words best describe Joaquin? Oh. They're not prepped for some of these. <laughs>
0: oh, I'm not prepped at all. Okay. Gosh, just single words. Yeah, just,
1: just give us three words.
0: I mean, I would say surrendered would be one. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> um. What else? There's so many. I oh gosh. I would say resourceful. I know that's such a random one, but I, I tell you like he, I don't do any of the research in our family. He does it all, he loves it. He loves knowing the reason why things are the way that they are and he loves, he loves gathering information and I love that. Um, and I think he's fun. I think he's even funnier after 11 p.m. I always, I always say there's like Joaquin and then there's 11 p.m. Joaquin. Yes! And very few people get to see the 11 p.m. Joaquin. But a new side of him, he comes alive at nighttime. So a new side of him comes out where I'm like, oh. sometimes I wake up and the bed is shaking because he's laughing so hard at something. And anyway, I think you're very funny. Is it
2: hot in here? <laughs> <laughs> Do you
0: remember the
1: question? Three. <laughs> just three words. Three words. Just three words. Describing Renee. R-
2: for a joyful creative courageous
0: did you get to prep <laughs> no? uh, okay
2: more yeah. happens in his presence <laughs> and uh... <laughs>
1: Time for one more question. Um, When you're not having a blast at church, what do you like to do? This is also submitted by a member and I liked it. So we're going to end here. When you're not having a blast at church, what do you like to do for
0: fun? We like to eat. We like to eat at good restaurants. Like not, they don't have to be like expensive, good restaurants, but like, good food, like, so whether that's, like, a food truck or whether that's, like, Emma and Rye, we just, we like to eat. We like to plan our vacations around food. Well, actually, lately, we've just wanted to plan our vacations around rest, not food. But typically, it was food. (laughs) And now it's just, like, where do we have to make the least amount of decisions? And where can we rest? So, yeah. Yeah, but we like being out in nature as well. Um, So... That's, yeah, we like doing that. We have two dogs. I'm, like, turning our house into a zoo, and it's, like, my dream. And Joaquin is, like, how many more animals are we going to have? So we have, like, two dogs, a cat, five chickens. Like, I almost bought a bunny rabbit the other day, but it's fun. I like I like doing that stuff, so.
2: Yeah, nature. We love to travel. We haven't done as much uh, the last couple of years, but we love, we love to travel and just explore different places and cultures and... You know, the uniqueness that makes people beautiful. So, yeah. Yeah, So
1: good. Okay, final question. What is the greatest need you see for Bethel Austin in this season that we as a congregation can partner with you
0: and get behind? Oh, that's a good question. You're looking at me. (laughs) More gets done in his presence.
2: (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um You're so pe- I am <laughs> i am sweating um well was a question uh, um people people bring in their their strengths to the table you know and yeah. we uh we s- say from the beginning um you know we're not about building a a big church but big people, and uh we don't <laughs> It's not—it's not the kingdom design that you know. Church is a, a one-man or a one-couple show, and um, we—we want to see people raised up in their gifts and their talents. So, people bringing the, those gifts and talents and strength to the table, not being—not staying on the, the outer circles, outer echelons, but uh, you know, not being afraid to move in and say, "Hey, here I am, and here's what I'm passionate about." and but a lot of that looks, practically, that looks like like finding a place to connect and serve. And that's, that's where you grow relational equity and trust so that those gifts can have a place to be put on, on display. So, yeah, people just jumping in, the, the, full, the full yes of God. So
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I would say the same. We love ideas. Um, even more than that, we love the people who have ideas wanting to, Help execute those ideas, because because we get a lot of people's. Hey, you should do this. You should do that. You should do this, and we're like, oh. we are you know just trying to do everything that we feel like the Lord has led us to do. But we know that there's so much more um, that can and should happen through our body that are just beyond our ideas and dreams. That, um, like Joaquin said, we just we need those people to be like, hey this is not only what I feel like we could possibly do, but like, I'm, I'm here to do it. Like, I'm here to help. And so, I mean, just those, like Joaquin said, the people, we just want people who are all in, who are, um, and I would say, I said this last night, but just my greatest encouragement to everyone is just like to pursue freedom at any cost. And I just want to remind people, like, this is, this is a safe place to pursue freedom and whatever that looks like for you. But we need free, healthy, on fire, loving Christians who are going out into their spheres of influence and making the world jealous. Making the world jealous for our God. And that takes working on our our stuff. And um, it takes us being healthy. And it takes us learning how to love outrageously. And so I would just... I mean, that's my greatest need is is a church body that is healthy, free and and just loves people well. So, yeah.
1: So good. Do you have something else you want to say?
0: (laughs) Have you enjoyed this? I thought you were going to ask like, who's a better driver and stuff like that. I don't know. Well, I hope
1: you've me. learned some things. I hope you've caught some vision. I hope you've enjoyed getting to know our senior leaders and just hearing from their hearts. And I'm just going to turn it over to you, Joaquin, just to kind of wrap us up, Great. close us down.
2: Awesome. Thank you. <clears throat> We're going to pray. Let's, let's stand up if we can. And, um... It's time to pick up kids from Kids Church, so if you need to do that, if we can also have our ministry teams just start to make your way down to the front. Um, Hey, Laura, why don't you come up here, and Dana, you want to come up here too, and we're just going to take just a a minute, and we're going to pray into... The heart for the house. And you guys, can you join me in just praying that God would breathe on uh, the heart for the house and the offering and all that he's doing, not just through this house, but through the city, through all the churches in Austin, Texas, that the kingdom would be expanded. Because what God does in Austin is going to impact the state, and what God does in the state is going to impact the nation and beyond. Anyone believe that? So... Ministry teams, you can just go ahead and start to make your way down here right now. And, and I'm just going to ask these, these individuals to also just pray um, into that for us real quick. So, Father, we thank you for what you're doing. And we ask for the breath of heaven. Because we know, God, what you breathe on, it multiplies. Oh, I would say, I would pause, I would say this, that last night at service... Uh, at 8:30 and end, end of service, I got up and and for this prayer time and I made a declaration because we've been praying this as a team that God would radically bless people in our in the, this house, radically, financially between now and the offering, that God would do crazy things so that people have uh, more abundantly more even to sow back into what God's doing. And I got up at 8:30 and made that declaration. I got down from the stage and and checked my phone. Had a text message at 8:33 from an individual in our in our congregation. They said their business and they weren't in the service. Uh, they're out of town and a, and a contract dropped in their lap uh, for um, they, they will make uh, hundred thousand dollars a week. Their business just 8:33. And they just drop in and it's around disaster relief and and, it, and this contract could go, uh, it's open ended. So it could go, who knows how long, but put your hand on someone next to you and let's just declare that together. <clears throat> yeah, surprises from heaven and radical breakthroughs over you and over your household. And Jesus would literally do more than we can ask, think or imagine. In Jesus' name, yeah, surprise us, God, in Jesus' name.
1: Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.